Good morning. Today is September 8th, 2015. Uh, welcome to the San Francisco Transportation Authority Finance Committee. We're back in session after our legislative break. Our clerk today is Steve Stamus, and today's meeting is brought to us by Leo Diasis and Charles Krimenak. I'd like to also mention my other committee members who are here, uh, Commissioner Jane Kim and Commissioner Malia Cohen, and we'll be joined shortly by Commissioner David Campos and I believe Commissioner Eric Marr. Um, Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Uh, there are no announcements. Okay. Uh, let's go on to our first item. Item one, roll call. Commissioner Avalos? Present. Avalos present. Commissioner Campos? Campos absent. Commissioner Cohen? Here. Cohen present. Commissioner Kim? Here. Kim present. Commissioner Marr? Marr absent. We have quorum. Okay, great. Um, so let's go to our uh, consent calendar. Consent calendar, items two to three comprise the consent calendar. These items are considered routine. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but are prepared to present if desired. If a member objects, any of the consent items may be removed and considered separately. Okay, we have uh, our minutes and our investment report. Colleagues, any comments or questions, changes to the minutes? Uh, okay, seeing none, we'll go on to public comment on items two and three. Uh, that person, Aaron Peskin. Aaron Peskin. Aaron Peskin's not on the item today, so we'll need to oh. stick to the items that are with us. Thank you. Um, okay, colleagues, uh, we have uh, approval of minutes, and uh, item three is an information item. Can we have a motion to approve our minutes? Uh, and that's seconded by Supervisor Cohen, and we'll take that without objection. We cool. have a roll call vote. On the consent calendar, Commissioner Avalos? Aye. Avalos, aye. Commissioner Campos? Campos, absent. Commissioner Cohen? Aye. Cohen, aye. Commissioner Kim? Aye. Kim, aye. Commissioner Marr? Marr, absent. The consent calendar passes. Okay, very good. Let's go on to item number four. Item four, state and federal legislative update. This is an action item. Okay, great. We have Mark Watts here to give us a report. Uh, we have a special auxiliary session yeah. happening in Sacramento and a lot, number of bills and changes. So let's hear about that. Thank right. you. Thank you very much. And I apologize if I caused any delay here. <coughs> Not at all. Trains. That's all I can say. Uh, so thank you for having me here, Mark Watts, uh, your representative in Sacramento. Uh, there are uh, several new items to add to the uh, to the matrix, mostly coming from uh, the introduction of bills in the special session. However, the first bill I'd like to highlight, AB uh, 779, uh, deals with the elimination of a level of service as a measure in the environmental process, and it also eliminates the requirement that uh, agencies responsible for uh, maintaining congestion management programs uh, no longer have to track uh, level of service as well. The bill was amended late in the process and has not been heard. It was set for committee, but the author pulled the bill. <coughs> this will be a bill that will be available in January unless it pops up in the special session sometime. But we wanted to get on record in support of this measure. It's consistent with uh, longstanding policy or objectives of the uh, authority, and um, I do believe it will be coming back. Uh, in January, and okay. it'll make a, a, a strong push for it. The other measures I want to highlight are bills that are extraordinary session measures, and that's why they're coming to you so late. Uh, several of them were introduced in uh, late July, the rest in uh, mid-August. Um, 
there, I'll take four bills. I just want to highlight, uh, and they all go by the nomenclature X1. So uh, Mr. Nazarian's AB7, Mr. Chu's AB8, and Senator Hill's uh, SB8, and Senator Allen's SB4. Those are four bills, two of which um, are identical to the other two in the other, uh, other house. A uh, strong effort by the California Transit Association to put transit discussion into the special session. Uh, these measures uh, do it two different ways, even though there's four bills. In one, one instance, the measures uh, seek to um, uh, increase the amount of greenhouse gas reduction fund, other words, in other words, uh, uh, cap-and-trade auction revenues uh, into transit, uh, increasing current programs there. And the other two bills also address transit funding by trying to increase the level of the sales tax collected on diesel, which is the foundational source for a state transit assistance program. Um, in my view, the latter one is a tax increase and therefore is going to be uh, more difficult to achieve. But nonetheless, the administration has taken a cue from the introduction of these bills and the press conferences conducted around the state by the, uh, by the authors of the bills to actually feed into their transportation program uh, increases in transit, uh, which was unexpected. Uh, they were resistant earlier on, but now their final package came out and they've got funding uh, for transit in them. So we recommended support for those four measures. Um, and uh, uh, at that point, I'd like to continue on and highlight three bills that we're recommending opposed positions on. Uh, AB uh, X16, the issue there is it uh, requires more funding dedicated to rural counties. And throughout this year, as greenhouse gas reduction fund bills have come through the process, ones that tend to isolate or uh, uh, favor other pro uh, programmatic areas or regions of the state, uh, we've uh, recommended that you oppose that, keep it as wide open as possible so you can be competitive in these grants. And as, as a result, we're recommending a pose on that measure. How, how uh, does it appear that that has a lot of support for no. that measure? No, it okay. does not at this point in time. But you never know as we get close to the end of special session, discussions ensue. So it's important to be on record, I think. Can I ask a question? This is on AB6? Yes. ABX16. I don't have the page number. It's toward the very end. Is this different from AB6, which Correct. would provide that no further bonds? Correct. Okay. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's more of an isolation and dedication to rural communities of some of the auction grants rather than sending them to other programs. It's locking out uh, urban areas from having access to those funds. Okay. And this is for high-speed no, that yeah. is. Uh, no, this is different. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 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 cap and trade auction revenue. Got it. And the last, well, APX 113 uh, by Assemblymember Grove would uh, re repurpose the cap and trade revenues that now go for um, um, uh, affordable housing and other programs that have been successful into highways. It's not running into success, and it would have problems even if it were approved, meeting the nexus challenge in the view of many folks in Sacramento, and therefore, you know, it's, it's an exercise. So that seems DOA as well? Correct. Okay. Um, ABX 117 is just a different way of uh, approaching uh, taking greenhouse. This would take the greenhouse 
gas reduction fund monies that are dedicated to the high-speed rail project and instead transfer them to state highway maintenance. Very diligent folks mm -hmm. working away in the Republican caucuses. The last measure, um, SB 16 does the same thing. It takes greenhouse gas reduction fund funds from the high-speed rail program and transfers yeah. them to street and roads. Well, the Republicans had a lot of uh, success with the highway program back in the Eisenhower administration, but I think now it's time to move on. Those would be the bills that we have to present for you that represent changes for action. I've got a few other things if you'd like me to update you on and what's going on in Sacramento on the special session. I have two quick questions, if that's okay. Sorry, Sue, I I just wanted to ask quickly, since uh, I asked about AB6 when you brought up AB6X. X6, yes. Yeah, if you could um, give an update on where that's at. I know that our official position is opposing this measure. Yeah, it's, it is not a threat to move this year. It would carry over um, potentially as a two-year bill next year because it, uh, it, it did not pass and met, did not beat the deadlines this year, so it could be available in January. Is this something that we expect to gain some ground or movement in Sacramento? No, okay. no we don't. And then the second question I had was, because um, you had brought up cap and trade, um, was on AB 23. Yes. Yeah, no, Which this, would po postpone yes. the effective date of the cap and trade. Now, this is the same issue in terms of where it stands. It, it uh, failed to meet deadlines. It could be taken up in January. Um, but it's not likely to move. I don't okay. think there's any support for it. Great, thank you. Supervisor so, Cohen? Part of uh, the document that you provided to us. Uh, AB2, uh, it's the author's Alejo um, Community Revitalization Authority. The intent is to provide for the establishment of local community revitalization authorities that would finance projects using tax increment revenue. And I, we have an indication that, that we are watching it. Can you talk to me a little bit more on what is the um, temperature for, for this particular measure? Uh, it has been moving right through the process. There has been uh, a strong interest in um, tax increment financing, uh, enhanced EIFDs, uh, kind of parallel this. And uh, I think it has a good chance to get to the governor. I don't know what his attitude is on further expanding uh, IFD or enhanced IFD or tax increment at this point in time. Okay. I guess that kind of leads me up to my next question. I think um, there is an item that is, yes, um, I think this is Tony Atkins, AB 313, right. <laughs> that yeah. also deals with, um, she's addressing the elimination of dwelling units under the state's new enhanced IFD law. Can you give me, give me really a, shed some more light on that for me? Pardon me for interrupting. Um, it has been advised that the enhanced IFD law needed to have a separation between the entity that governs the expenditure plan and the entity that will be in charge of uh, a collect, you know, collecting voluntarily the revenues. And so really what Mrs. Atkins' bill does is uh, seek that separation. It's thought by the original proponents of the EIFD program to be an enhancement and make it more workable. 
Okay. So, and yet there's no indication on the governor's feelings. No, but I'm confident that the speaker feels confident. Okay. I've talked to her about that bill, and she feels like she has a fair chance, that it's not really changing the dynamics. It's, 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 it's making it more unassailable mm -hmm. from post-approval actions by folks who might want to challenge it. Okay. Um, I want to go back to AB 35, uh, some assemblymen choose. Legislation uh, AB 35 would increase the state tax credit for low-income housing and allocation by an additional $300 million. Um, I agree with our support position. Right. So it's in the Senate second reading. What exactly does that mean? That means it luckily or fortunately passed out of appropriations okay. when it was on, held on suspense. So I think it's got a head of steam moving forward. Okay, that's good. Um, are there supporters? Are there other folks that are uh, endorsing or helping to move this forward? Yeah, the infill housing folks are strongly supporting it and a number of other housing entities and some transportation agencies. I couldn't tell you which ones, but I did hear them in testimony. What about other legislators? Is there opposition? Maybe that's a better way to ask. Is there opposition against this? Um, if there is, it's modest. Uh, okay. Really, the, the determinant would be where the Department of Finance is on this because it's allowing a higher level of uh, the allocation of a higher level of debt to be available for this purpose. And it seems to, in my view, seems to be meeting with success. Um, you may or may not know how to answer this next question, but how would we apply this? If this passes, how would we apply this additional $300 million to, to San Francisco? It would allow the statewide amount mm -hmm. available through housing programs to be increased. Mm -hmm. And so it would be through your normal grantsmanship programs mm -hmm. at the state level. So you just have more, more money available. To, okay. Um, so AB 61 deals with, um, it's a bill expanding authority that now uh, is, is existing for local authorities to grant transit agencies the right to stop and pick up passengers um, to also apply to shuttle service vehicles. So in my mind, this reminds me of our long hearing um, with Google and addressing the Google shuttle buses. One of the things that I recall the most is that MTA's uh, acknowledge that their hands were tied. It was a state law that um, superseded how much could be charged for any entity that wants to use the um, the, um, the the bus loaning zones. Is this legislation going to correct that, amend it, or in, in what way do, does it have a relationship? I'm going to admit I'm not following this one very closely. Okay. All right. Well, we have it as a, a as a watch position, um, and then it says a status assembly two year. What does that mean? That means it's missed all the deadlines, it won't be available to be taken up until January. Okay. Okay. Do you know the intent or the spirit or anything behind why this, uh, this looks like um, someone from Southern California that's sponsoring this? He, he told me he read a story in, after he got elected and thought he would just jump into this issue and try to put something into play. So that's... So this background. is a new member? Is that why yes. all the deadlines are missed, yeah. too? <laughs> well, perhaps. It could have been just resistance to the, to the nature of the bill. Stan. Um, is there support? There was support on record at the committee, but uh, not enough, obviously, to, to move the bill along. And um, were our elected representatives of San Francisco supportive of this bill? I don't know. No? Can you check for me? I will. And report back? Send a memo back. All right. Staff. Thank you. Um, 
I think my last my last question has to do with um, AB 744 um, proposed by Chow. Uh, this bill would eliminate minimum parking requirements for developments near major transit stops on senior or special need housing. Um, I, it's indicated that our city planning staff is supportive of this uh, of this legislation. I was w wondering if you could expand a little bit about. I didn't hear the last part of the question. If you could expand a little, uh, expand more on uh, Assembly Bill 744. Uh, other than, no, I can't. Okay. All right, so we're supporting, we're, you've indicated, you've made a recommendation of support <coughs> because of our planning department's Correct. recommendation? Okay, I'll check in with the planning department. Thank you. Mr. Chair, I'm, I have no further questions. Okay, thank, thank you. you. So um, we do know that AB 744 passed the assembly and now it's going through the Senate, though, correct? Correct. Okay, so that's likely to pass? Yes. Given yes. the Sorry. deliberation that's happened on it? This measure did not run into any uh, significant opposition that I could determine. I remember sitting through the hearing listening to it, um, mm -hmm. and it just passed readily, so I expect it to, to move ahead. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, colleagues, any other questions on our docket? Okay, let's go on to public comment. Yes, sir. Okay, Mr. White, we're going to public comment and hear from Mr. Yip. Thank you. All your passion. All your destiny, all your wisdom, all your career, all your money, all your husband, wife, father and son, the Lord of the night. I don't know about your future, Mr. John Wallows, Jane Kim, Michael Hang. You may move up to Sacramento or direct your Congress or develop your own missionary non-profit organization or teach in school in a university or join Temple Church for holiness in career. But uh, the point is, must have that passion of the humanity inside out. Thank you, Ms. Watts. Could I just ask if you'd like a, a real quick briefing on the governor's proposal? Uh, I received the language uh, uh, Monday afternoon, and I've gone through it pretty quickly. I can give you a thumbnail sketch of what it looks like. Okay. okay. Real Please. quickly. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Generally, it's, it's going to raise about $3.6 billion uh, on an ongoing basis, and 1.6 will be going to uh, Caltrans for maintenance, culvert repair, bridge repair, and shop program, as well as another $200 million for uh, pri uh, high-priority freight corridors. The local uh, side of the ledger will receive a like amount, but it's distributed a bit differently. In terms of local repair funds that would be available to the city and county, it would be uh, about $1.15 billion split on normal uh, county and city roadway distribution formulas. Um, there would be a new uh, low-carbon road program, which is really $100 million dedicated to complete streets in, to be done in conjunction with uh, road repair or preservation projects. There's a $250 million local partnership program for self-help counties that exist or come into being uh, in the next uh, couple election cycles. And last, uh, uh, they've, they've, inc they've uh, provided $400 million, as I alluded to, 
for rail and transit grants through uh, moving some um, greenhouse gas reduction fund auction revenues into the, uh, the two programs that, uh, that are funded here. So revenues, uh, roughly, uh, there's a fix to the annual adjustment that we've talked about from time to time of the excise tax that was a remnant from the old tax swap. That's going to result in about a six or seven cent immediate uh, increase in uh, gas taxes. There's 11 cent per gallon in diesel taxes, a $65 per vehicle uh, road user charge collected just like the reg fee, registration fee is. And there's a one-time upfront uh, repayment of the last of the outstanding transportation loans to, uh, from the general fund back to transportation programs. And so that is pretty much the overview. Um, there are some other elements they've uh, proposed in their language to provide for an advanced mitigation program for uh, product to help clear projects with a more certain path to getting the project uh, through the environmental process because they'll know what mitigation would be required at the end in terms of providing funding for land banks and the like. So that's going to help speed up delivery. There's a, a, an expansion of existing program that provides a statutory exemption from CEQA for safety and minor road repair projects that are within the existing footprint or the existing right-of-way. Um, and in addition, the bill also includes an extension of the P3 law uh, that we've supported from time to time. That's all wrapped into one, uh, one significant bill, and that's going to be the centerpiece of discussion for the rest of this week. So that's it in a nutshell. And that could be approved in the session the correct it uh, the special session is running concurrently with the regular session due to end on friday but it can be extended if necessary the the special session can be uh bills that uh raise taxes or have urgency clauses would become effective immediately otherwise uh, any other bills that are attached in special session to this package would become effective uh, 90 days after the adjourned special session including the mayor uh, the governor's proposal Governor's proposal, because it has tax increases in it, next is, fiscal year. Is a ta it would be effective immediately. Okay. Right. So. Thank you. Thank you. Colleagues, any other questions for Mr. Watts? Okay. So we already have public comment open. We can. It's still open. We haven't closed it yet. Um, I was listening, listening to you all quite intently. So these are some of the bills that are being deliberated in Sacramento. And I think as we are listening to them on caps, on uh, how our roads are going to be repaired, we in San Francisco need to look at our congestion and our increase of the carbon footprint, which we cannot take lightly. So I understand it's good to ask some questions, and I understand that uh, sometimes you know, we can be a little bit cynical uh, when certain type of legislation is put in by maybe small counties. And we may be a city and county of San Francisco with a $9 billion budget, and we do have supervisors who are supposed to represent certain districts. And address quality of life issues. But I can tell you very clearly that in the Southeast sector there's much to be done. And right now, whether we like it or not, 
our roads are being uh, destroyed in the southeast sector. Uh, there are thousands and thousands of vehicles plying with uh, contaminated dirt, much of which is not covered, which the San Francisco County Transportation Authority uh, doesn't pay attention to, because we have to think about cumulative pollution, how are we going to repair those roads, when are those roads going to be repaired, and we keep on bragging that we're going to be building 30,000 uh, uh, 30,000 units in that area, but are we addressing quality of life issues when it comes to the environment, especially um, um, respiratory diseases, cancer, uh, heart problems, and so on and so forth. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. Good morning, Chairavalos, uh, Commissioners, Tilly Chang, Executive Director. I just really wanted to thank the Governor for his leadership and recognize our delegation and the hard work of the entire legislature in bringing the, um, the, the revenue proposal for transportation to this point. Um, early in the session, there was a very clear indication that this was going to be the year that we were going to address the highway backlog, which is very, very significant, about $60 billion. Uh, San Francisco was very consistent working with other like um, jurisdictions on, on advocating for transit to be part of that conversation. I really want to recognize Assemblymember Chu for helping to move that forward, as, as well as Director Ed Riskin, together with his colleagues up and down the state with transit operators and, and cities to advocate for transit, bike, uh, complete street, and Vision Zero type investments. So I believe this is a, uh, a great development. It's a comprehensive approach. We would um, have a few comments here and there, but really cer certainly hope that this gets across the finish line um, with all of our support. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we'll close public comment. And um, this is just a new, wait, is an action item. Okay, colleagues, we have a motion on our. So moved. So second. Motion from <laughs> Supervisor Kim, seconded by Commissioner Cohen. And we'll take that without objection. Um, roll call. House has changed, yeah. On item four, Commissioner Avalos? Aye. Avalos, aye. Commissioner Campos? Aye. Campos, aye. Commissioner Cohen? Aye. Cohen, aye. Commissioner Kim? Aye. Kim, aye. Commissioner Marr? Marr absent. The item passes. Great. Thank you. Uh, before going on to the next item, um, Commissioner Marr uh, isn't able to attend today due to um, family emergency. We'd like to have a motion to excuse him. Motion from Commissioner Campos and seconded by Commissioner Cohen. And we can take that same house in call. Great. All right. Uh, next item, please. Item five, recommend executing a funding agreement with the Bay Area Rapid Transit District for a three-year period in an amount not to exceed 406000 for the San Francisco BART Travel Incentives Pilot Project and authorize the Executive Director to negotiate agreement payment terms and non-material agreement terms and conditions. This is an action item. Great. Hi, I'm Ryan Greenrosell, a senior planner with the Transportation Authority. I'm here to present the item to you, which begins on page 63 of your packet. And the item is really focused, again, on asking for your authorization to uh, execute a funding agreement with BART up to $406,000 to um, work collaboratively together on a pilot program that we have come up with. So that's the focus of the, um, the item, but I wanted to take, we wanted to take the opportunity to tell you all a little bit more about the pilot program itself. It's an interesting concept and wanted to share the overview with you in case you had questions or comments. Uh, so... <clears throat> 
We're calling the, the pilot tentatively for now the uh, San Francisco BART Travel Smart um, Rewards Program. We'll actually be working on developing a new name. Um, and the, 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 the pilot will be focused on trying to address peak congestion on BART using travel incentives. As many of you are, I'm sure, very aware, we have a very uh, extreme condition on BART right now with our uh, employment growth in San Francisco. We've seen very steep ridership increases, uh, particularly, and as you can see from this graphic, you know, it's the Embarcadero and Montgomery stations that really feel that the most. So you can see that those are really peaked far above the others um, and all the other San Francisco downtown stations as well. Um, this, this graphic just kind of illustrates the ridership growth for you all. Um, just looking at 2012 to 2014, there's been about a 20% growth in uh, the Transbay market in particular. Um, this graph, uh, graphic also shares a little bit about the crowding that that's resulted in. So BART's standard for train occupancy, what is a sort of their, their target, is 107 passengers per vehicle. Um, some of our peak loads today are all the way up at 140 passengers per vehicle. So it's a uh, very, very crowded condition. So we have been um, in conversation with BART and some of the other uh, you know, regional agencies about how we address uh, this you know, cr crowding. And as I'm sure you're aware, there are a number of different efforts underway to address it. There's a Transbay um, core capacity capacity study that's looking at a range of different solutions. BART has some train cars that will be coming online in 2017 that provide, um, that are more capacious and will reduce the crowding just by providing more standing room capacity. Uh, however, in the shorter term, like, you know, the remainder of this year, next year, and into the following, we don't have a, a kind of a short-term solution to reduce crowding. So we came across a innovative pilot program that was done in Singapore and have been talking with BART um, and this pilot would actually replicate uh, what happened, what occurred in Singapore and that program was called the Singapore Travel Smart Rewards, Rewards Program. This is just a little screenshot of, uh, of that, you know, uh, portal essentially where their transit riders would log in to the portal, uh, <clears throat> provide their transit card number, and they get points for traveling, you know, all their, in fact, all their transit travel, but they get far greater points for traveling in off-peak periods. So they accumulate points, and then they're provided with rewards. They can either cash out their points. Uh, in their case, they provided them with transit um, value. However, their transit card can actually be used to make purchases, so it's a little more flexible than ours. Uh, so they could either cash it out or they can use the points to play a game and have an opportunity to win higher levels of reward. And this program in Singapore caused an about 7 to 9% uh, decrease in peak period congestion in their most crowded periods. So uh, that's a pretty significant margin. Uh, just relative to some other strategies we have available. And we were very interested in seeing if we could replicate this here in the Bay Area to address our, our very extreme needs on BART at the moment. So uh, just wanted to share with you a little bit about the scope that we have in mind. Again, we want to replicate the Singapore program. Um, what we'll do is uh, we've already got a partnership going with BART. Um, want to confirm the objectives of exactly what are we trying to achieve with the, with the project. I think at this point we're really looking at train crowding itself. Um, there's a software a program that was used in Singapore that we're looking at licensing, and then we would market that to BART riders, uh, you know, request that they sign up, uh, and then would be providing incentives to them similar to what occurred in Singapore. We also envision an employer outreach component, in fact, that we've already uh, gotten underway with, and that would involve just working with employers to, you know, in case there are any issues that they have with respect to allowing their employees more flexibility. Uh, and in fact, we've already done um, two workshops along those lines with the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce to uh, where we invited employers to come in and gave them some resources um, to support them in adopting more flexible schedules. 
So that will also be a component. Uh, we expect the, we're hoping to launch the pilot sometime next spring, and we would expect it to run for about six, six months, and then we would do an, an evaluation where we look at a range of metrics, but particularly, you know, the cost effectiveness and, um, you know, uh, whether it improved ridership growth overall, crowd, reduced crowding, et cetera. So we'll be looking at a couple of different metrics. We also expect to do a Title VI component to that as well. Um, and then we would make a determination as to where to go from there. Uh, there, there are, in fact, a lot of potential applications. If it's successful, we could see ways that this could grow. Um, in the Netherlands, they have actually used the same concept to manage road congestion very actively. This is just a little screenshot of their program where they've got um, these dongles that people keep in their vehicles and similarly, you know, receive points for traveling in off-peak periods, and they've actually had a part, uh, created a partnership with Shell to provide some of the, uh, the funds for the incentives. So there's some interesting directions that we could go in if it's successful. So we see it as a really uh, interesting pilot to explore and, um, uh, you know, look forward to hearing your thoughts and questions. And just um, to wrap up, you know, again, for this item, all we're looking for is the authorization to execute that funding agreement with BART. Thank you. Thank you. Just um, mm -hmm. Commissioner Compass has a question, but before him, I have um, just my big, my biggest question is how what's the experience we've had so far in doing outreach to BART riders and helping them to change behavior? Have we actually have something in the past that we've done that can show that this is going to be a successful pilot in terms of reaching people that we need to reach? Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's been some outreach to BART riders, but I don't think anything on this scale that I'm aware of. Um, and nothing that I'm aware of where there was a you know very specific provision of incentives that was combined with tracking of behavior. Um, so we'll be asking people to sign up with their Clipper cards, and we'll be able to see whether they actually respond to the incentives. So um, that's why we do view this as a pilot because it's testing some, a new concept. Um, however, given the experience in Singapore and like I mentioned, you know similar programs in the Netherlands, it looks like there's a pretty good track record that would allow us to expect. Um, success. Uh, there are challenges, however, just one being the fact that the the peak is already very spread here. We have a, you know, we've lo been looking at the data and it's, you know, it's pretty crowded for a, a large window of time and so that will be a challenge, but we'll hope to design the program to address that to the extent that we can. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Campos. Just a quick question. So how exactly does it work? How does the software, uh, what are the mechanics of it? Yeah, so understand. the software was created by a firm called Urban Engines. They're based out of Palo Alto and were formerly um, Google and um, Stanford people. Uh, so it, it again, you, you sign up with your Clipper card, and so the, the program will be monitoring that information and looking for those who are most responsive to the incentives um, and continuing to provide them with opportunities to win additional rewards. So... Um, you know, so so again, it's it's um, there's an algorithm that's built into the software that's making a determination as to the level of incentive to provide to a different individual depending on their travel patterns and uh, how responsive they've been in the past. Okay, thank you. Okay, no other uh, questions from the committee. Ms. Laforte. If I could just quickly outline the funding for this program. Oh, so you. the total cost is about $950,000, of which $500,000 will be provided by the Federal Highway Administration. The um, Transportation Authority working with BART submitted an application and was successful in achieving the um, funding from FHWA. Um, in addition, BART is contributing approximately $400,000, and you will see a Prop K request for $46,000 um, going to plans and programs. Programs later this month. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, uh, we'll open up this item for public comment. Any member of the public who'd like to comment? Yes. And. Uh, we have a challenge, the new technology of computer programming. Say in Windows 10. If Jane Fan, listen, Jane Fan, the visual director of San Francisco Bot, he can provide one minute, one train, one minute, one train, to a pick period, pick period for the riders. There will be no problem. One minute, one train. Come try with your software, with your computer. Okay, thank you. Um, it will close public comment for lack of commenters. And uh, colleagues, can we approve this item? Uh, okay, and uh, we'll take that same house, same call. So done. Our next item, please. Item six, introduction of new items. This is an information item. Colleagues, any uh, new items, new issues to bring up? Okay, uh, public comment is now open on this item and seeing no member oh, of the public come forward well not just yet oh, but it'll be the next one so uh, general public comment is now or public comment this item is now closed and our next item I think is general public comment yes that old person I don't believe that that person she was thinking once once in a few weeks ago support such a person I'm I think someone's thinking you, you are totally uh, mistaken about this person. This per I'm person, he should have hired so many uh, Chinese people standing in Stockton, uh, keep uh, posing, uh, voting for this guy, you know, uh, driving the, 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 the voters' attention. Mr. So, Mr. we can't I, talk about oh. campaign issues here at the, the committee. Thank you very much. And any other members of the public who would like to comment and see none will close public comment. And go on to our next agenda item. Item 8, adjournment. We are adjourned, colleagues. Thank you. I saw